Welcome to the January from the Rookery Inn, January 2015. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, January 2015. Where has time gone? Uh, my name's John, uh, with me is Mike. Hello! And Jason. Hello! Uh, and, uh, and, and Geordie. Hi, Geordie. Hello! Uh, Geordie's here. Uh, you will know Geordie, hopefully, uh, via Twitter and his amazing retro hornet yes, picture. himself away from Photoshop for a couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are uh, outside Stamford Bridge. It's cold. Well, it's January. It's always cold in yeah. January. Uh, and we're by... Where are we, Jason? We're outside the... We're, we're near the Bovril Gate that I wasn't allowed to come through because uh, you guys got my ticket. But I eventually found my way through the hordes of Chelsea fans. Uh, the Oval, uh, the uh, Ovaltine Gate? Uh, no, nor was it the Marmite Gate. I definitely <laughs> wouldn't have gone through that one. I think it's on the Britannia Gate. Okay. So this, this, this month's podcast will technically be from the Shed End because uh, we're going to be in the Shed End. Um, I'm guessing at some point it was a shed looking thing yeah, I have to say this is, this is the third time I've been to, to see Watford play at Chelsea in the Abramovich era and it's the third different stand off state you get corporate for any of those Jason no you no, 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 no all normal in with, the, in with the normal fans Jason's taking the Stanford Bridge down by stand I think I've just got the West Stand left to go is that, if that's the West Stand over there and I think it's got the West one left you've got a point Jason it's a podcast uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was looking for reassurances from you guys and now I've seen the signs there's West Stand that way so I must have done the North East and South or Shed hear that Chelsea you've been run by Jason <laughs> you've been run uh, also joined by Arlo who is Mike's uh, son you're Arlo say hello Hello. Uh, who will be around and maybe distracting us? But uh, how, how much the uh, Milky what are they, what are you thinking? Milky Way magic stars have you had? Lots. Yeah. Good. He'll be energetic for the cheery. This is uh, FA Cup third round. It's the magic of the FA Cup. What do you want out of this game, Mike? Are we are we here for no good reason? No, we're here for obviously to see what for play. Whenever what for play, I want to be there. To be perfectly frank, I want to see a score a goal. Jace mentioned he's been here a couple of times under the Abramovich era. The last two cup games here have been four nil and five nil, and we've been swept aside with uh, well ease. Really, I don't want that happen today. I want to see a score a goal, and what I want to see is a is a creditable performance. I think I'd, okay. I'd probably be happy with that. Jordy, we, we were chatting on the train in. What what do you want out of this game? Well, not like any Watford game, I want us to win. Uh, but I'm aware that. That's a challenge, given that anybody that wears a Chelsea shirt is going to be an exceptional player. I think it's an interesting opportunity for, uh, for Djokanovic because most of the games, there's a high level of expectation, whereas here, I think everybody, even the most kind of uh, ardent Watford fan, recognises we're the underdog. Uh, and we've been, we've, we've been playing against a lot of underdogs recently uh, who have managed to stop us playing. And it's almost a chance for Slav to say, look, I'm prioritising the league, I'm not really worried about the cup, even if we got past this, we're not going to win it. So it's an opportunity to say, let's pretend that we're Wolves, let's pretend that we're Cardiff when they beat us, let's stop a team who is, who is the footballing team on the pitch from playing. And, and let's see what Mourinho, let's see what Chelsea do to combat it. And so in the rest of the season, when we come up against teams that are trying to stifle us, we know we've got a plan B that we've learned from arguably the best. And we can say, well, this is what Chelsea did and it worked against us. So there's no excuse for us not to be able to break down a team that's put 10 men behind the ball because they've shown us it can be done. A worthwhile training exercise. Oh, interesting. I mean, I think I do think that a lot of Watford's players believe they're Premier League quality. I, I think a lot of them probably are. I think this is a good opportunity for them to go and, and prove it, really. So I'm torn between wanting to see some key um, individual performances. You know, I want to see how Toza does, how Abdi does, perhaps how Angela does against what will be whoever plays up front. It'll be, a, it'll be an incredible challenge. So I'm torn between seeing how some of them are sort of stellar stars perform this afternoon and as Geordie says 
giving it a real good go as a team and trying to put a, a spanner in the works for, for Chelsea. So, but I'm still going to stick with it. If we score a goal, I'll be happy. <laughs> but could it be a giant killing? Oh, he could. You never say never. I, I'm, I'm at this point in time. I know what the results are going to be. Well, I'm pretty sure we know what the results are going to be. As Mike said, they spanked a couple of times before. And there's a huge golfing class. But you never know. You just, you just never know. Do you? And we're at the point in time where the game hasn't kicked off yet. Anything could happen. So there is that little tinge of excitement. We might scare them. And we talked about, we talked about um, going tuning up at Man City in the past as well, last season. We, we gave them a hard time. If we're tuning up half-time here, who knows? It is possible. We did it against uh, the champions last year because they went on to win the league last year, let's not forget. Uh, well, it, 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 it's like it's already said, it's going to be, you know, we're going to have to play these teams next year. We're going to have to change our role. Positive, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, if you know, if dreams do come true, which I believe they do, um, with hard work and passion, uh, that we will be playing these teams every other week. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's hugely exciting. It's a great opportunity to to see how we perform against one of the best two teams in the country, if not Europe. It can't be anything but exciting. Come on. Come on, you want We're going to have to look back at the last month of Watford Football, which is definitely more positive than the previous podcast. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a half-term report as we are now officially halfway through the season. Uh, plus, well, let's see how we do in, a, in this game. And we'll have to award uh, now, because it's the second year, annual Ballon d'Orne. Yeah. A podcast made by Watford fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Whatever happens in this podcast, it's, it's going to be more positive than the previous one, where Watford had lost every single game in the month before we recorded. In the last month, Watford have won four, lost one. Start off with Deeney uh, scoring a hat-trick. In the beginning of the podcast, you did hear Watford away fans sounded like when that fifth goal went in at Craven Cottage. Uh, we, we dominated a, 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 Fulham, a ten-man of Fulham. Um, which I liked. I liked the fact that it was it was ten men and we dominated them. Well, you mentioned it was ten men. We were dominating them before they went down to ten. And they went down to ten men because of yeah. good football from us. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Exactly the performance you'd want from that game. Uh, we then uh, we won at home against Wigan uh, with uh, with uh, Sir Elton John watching. Uh, an away win, a battling away win against uh, uh, Reading. Uh, fortunately, uh, a poor end to, to the Christmas period where we lost one uh, nil. Uh, home to Wolves and of course a fantastic but heavily changed away performance uh, 4-2 at Cardiff Mike which one of those games stands out for you well you mentioned it's going to be positive I'm afraid I'm going to start <laughs> with a negative point of view because a game that you really don't start Geordie <laughs> which is the game stood out for you I think you're going to go back to Jason because I'm going to say the Wolves <laughs> game for me yeah, uh, yeah. simply because oh, I'm going to rephrase the question then what was the best game out of all those well, games? No, I think before you dismiss both Geordie and I that's so we'll two of us that's, that's 50% <laughs> of, the, of the contributors here okay. and I think it's worth saying and we can move on after this that Watford showed what their problems have been for the last season and a half in that game inconsistency and it wasn't just we weren't just unlucky we were, we were downright poor and the fact that they've sandwiched in between two good results makes it all the more frustrating now if we can eliminate those games we can, that can be our last Wolves if that can be the last one the time that me and Julie have to bring up something like this on the podcast then I think we'll be at least be in the playoffs and, and challenging for the turning of the top <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to come back to both of you and okay, you're going to Jason what's changed what has changed what, between the first... Between the last between podcast and this podcast, where we now have won four games and only lost one. What's changed? I don't, I don't think much has, to be honest. I, I, <laughs> Go on. I, I don't know. I, I think we got a bit lucky last month. I know we've had, we, we only lost one game, but 
we got lucky against well, obviously the guys spent the walls already we got lucky a bit really into Wigan we didn't really dominate that game we got lucky at Reading Reading I thought for me encapsulated the month in one game because we were we were poor we were getting lucky we, we should have been a lot down we found us down at 10 and then we had a bit of a battle and it, and it took a, a good bit of football and a good goal to win it for us and we, we showed I think in that game not just last month but the month before as well what we seem to be capable of at the moment then we did the Wolves game which clearly none of you like and you're absolutely right Mark I'm not saying you're, you're wrong to say how bad that game was because it absolutely ruined my boxing day but the bit that re- really ruined it for me at that, that whole game was that Lloyd Doyley would have been the ultimate assist of the yeah. season yeah. if Garlo didn't hit the bar yeah. and I, went, yeah. I literally thought it had gone in yeah. and I was on such a high from Lloyd just trying that yeah. you know, Ronaldinho touch that it was awesomeness um, but now you know, you know maybe things haven't changed massively but we're getting results now Geordie what, what stand out for you then? Going back to why Mark and I picked the Wolves game what changed for me or what, what was interesting about that is the managers that we've had, and we've had quite a few, so I'm not going to try and list them, <laughs> have been criticised a lot for not understanding the championship and not putting out a consistent 11. And the Fulham game was kind of, you, have, you almost had to pinch yourself that it actually ha- happened. We'd gone away, could have, you know, not far from where we are today, and absolutely played off the park for 90 odd minutes. And then the same team, barring Angela, had Doyle, you know, simply through suspension, got turned over by Wolves. And it showed that it isn't just a simple stick to the same 11. And then a couple of days later, uh, Slav drops, you know, um, Dini, Vidra, I think Terzio didn't play against, against Cardiff. And, uh, and he just showed that he, he's the boss. And it's almost like those, that Wolves game was almost worth it, almost, <laughs> for the proof that you can't just pick an 11 and it's going to guarantee to win your games, just because they won the same team won before. And also because it gave Slav a chance to put his foot down and say, you know one's guaranteed the first, the first team position. Uh, and... And I, and I do know what I'm doing. And I think that has kind of got him some respect. And a lot of people maybe didn't like the way he'd been brought in and were against him and have been trying to justify their opinion uh, a little bit by picking him for his demeanour uh, because of the way they were unhappy with the way McKinley was treated and the whole Garcia thing. But I think if you, I, 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 I like the way Slav's taken to it. You know, he doesn't try and cajole people and, and be Mr Banter. But he, he, rather, I'd rather have a businessman in charge than a character. Yeah. And to me, he looks like a guy that I wouldn't want to cross a guy I wouldn't ride, you know, in training wouldn't try and cut across and not do the full run. You know, he looks like someone who's going to maintain discipline and need to pass. And if you don't like it, you know, there's lots of airports around. Well, there are, and that's the interesting because you know, after the, the Cardiff match, um, Mike, where clearly his changes had worked, um, he said, yeah, "I'm still looking to make what for the team. That's not an easy job. We have 20-something players here in the squad, and they all have their own personalities. We have many good players, but we're still a championship team, and I'm still a championship coach." Uh, hopefully everyone understands that when we are working together as a team we can do well if not then that is a problem him making those changes as Jordy pointed out was him solving it we also learned at a Fulham game whilst watching it on television um, that as a pundit Keith Andrews was there and he said that he's now not training with the, play, uh, with the team he's left Watford he was out of favour he was got rid of similar could have been said um, about McGugan are you liking this let's make some changes sort of manager I like someone who's willing to make changes I like someone because I, you know I, I mentioned amongst all those great games I mentioned Wolves as being something that stood out so he had to change something and okay, I'm, yeah. I'm glad he did and he, it was tough he dropped Matty Vidra and he dropped Troy Deeney which is by any stretch of the imagination is a massive call I do like the fact that he's decisive 
what I don't like is that we're in a situation where someone like Keith Andrews can can um, say what he did on TV. He's, he obviously knew the writing was on the wall, and it's his prerogative to, to if asked, he can talk about it. Well, but if, if he had already gone at that point for saying that national television, I would have fired him. Yeah, but I don't think we should be in a situation where our players are doing that. That whether they whether they're out in the cold or not, that that frustrated me because it felt like that that issue hadn't been dealt with correctly, and you have to the the, the blame for that lies that. At the club's door, at the management's door. That, there shouldn't be that situation. Jason, is it a hangover from Beppe, where clearly the player power won out? I don't think it is because the, the performances were good under Beppe. I don't, I don't think the, the player disruption was, was bad enough that it caused that much of an issue, to be honest. And obviously they, didn't, they were worried about the training machine, but they were still turning it on on the, on the pitch. Uh, and I don't think three managers down the line, although it's been a short space of time, we can attribute it to, to that. I don't. I, I know what you're saying. In a, you think, okay, the players, maybe the players won and got what they wanted, and now they're throwing their toys out and they're trying to get what they want again and think they can do it because they succeeded the first time. I don't. I don't think it is. Maybe if there were one or two players that were that were like that, maybe it has been the case with McGugan. Yeah, Andrews, like I said, I disagree with what Mike said. Yeah, I, I think, think that's a player being point. unprofessional. I think he's probably point. he's probably fed up that he's someone's brought him into the club and he's been through his manager changes and now he's not going to change. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I mean, you, and you do mention McGugan. I think it's likely he's <laughs> going to be off in January. Possibly Lloyd Dyer as well, and maybe a number of others. And they and they haven't spoken out, but. In answer to the original question, I like that he's disastrous. I like that he makes changes. But I think he's right to point out that we're not, in effect, what he's saying is we're not perfect yet. We've still got a few, a few things to iron out before we're, we're going to make it. And really, he's not saying anything we don't know. We are still in the Championship. The, the fact that we're not necessarily playing as a team is borne out by the games that, like, like Wolves, the first half at, at Reading, which was very, very, very poor. Um, so we've got a long way to go. And, and, and I think he's right to draw a line in the sand and say, this is where we're at, this is where I'm at. Be patient. We know we can do it, but we're a long way from doing it. Well, not a long way. I think that's unfair. I think it's just a very sensible thing, thing, thing for him to have said. I think Geordie's absolutely right. You'd rather have someone who means business than some, you know, than a character like Ian Holloway, for heaven's sake, who's, who gives people sound bites but no substance. Yeah, yeah, I love him. He love him press conferences. Yeah, well, I love him when he's manager some, on the pitch. Yeah, I'd rather have someone that you know, if you're going, if you balls up, you're going to get an icy stare, a fine, a ban, or be on the on the next plane to to the back end of beyond. So. We need to give him time. It's been a turbulent time, um, but in terms of the month's results, we've had the lot. We've had the, the horror show at Wolves. We've had a, a great, a great effort at Reading after what was a, a, a horrible first half. Ten men. We did it again in, uh, in, against adversity. Fulham, we absolutely dominated. Cardiff, we absolutely dominated. And Wigan, we managed to get over the line um, with a fairly scrappy performance. So, if we could replicate that every month, we'd be champions. And, and maybe we'll. You lot can't be positive, so I'm going to Arlo. Arlo. Do you like the Watford manager? Yeah. And Watford playing really, really well? Yeah. See, he's right. Who's your favourite player? Matthew <laughs> Well, hopefully it's picked today. Thank you very, very much, everybody. This is one of the greatest days of my life. When I was six years old, I used to come and stand over there on the terraces. And I never thought that I'd ever have a stand named after me. I never even thought I'd sit in a stand. And my years at the club 
were so magnificent. The memories were so magnificent. And I love football. And I always will. And Watford is embedded in my heart. The Potsdam family for moving this club forward into the modern era. This club is now in safe hands. We are in the top 25 clubs in England. And we should be very proud of that. And that is true to our friends out there, the Potsdam family. And I salute the ones of fans who have given me so much love for so many years. Let's continue to have success. Let's get to the Premiership and look at this ground now. Can you believe it? an alright looking stand. It's certainly no uh, Dralton John stand, is it Mike? Absolutely not, no. It's uh, very cramped, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hostile. Pardon? Hostile? Not hostile, it's just a bit no, low I, ceilings. I, I, I thought no, but you said Costco because it hasn't got a ceiling, look, you can see all the <laughs> services above. Um, that, uh, we just heard there from what Elton said when he was at the pitch, lovely sentiment, and it's always good when you hear a proper Watford fan saying he's happy and he's happy with the Pozzos and how they're doing things. Yeah, I think firstly it's worth uh, saying that well done to the Pozzos and the, and the senior management of the club for, for managing to name both the Graham Taylor stand and the Elton John stand. I think it's exactly the right thing to do and nod to our history whilst also, you know, it's almost the Pozzos in a nutshell, isn't it? Building the new stand, getting that done whilst also um, recognising our history. So great for them to do that. But yeah, superb to hear from Elton John, high profile football fan, saying, well, I think we all believe that this football club's in our heart um, and it's, it's evidently made a huge impact on his life, as it has for all of ours. And it's just, just great to hear from a high profile person like that saying it's not in public. I think it does great for, it's great for Watford and it's, uh, yes, it's nice to hear. Um, are you happy with Vickery Jackson? I'm very happy with Vickery Jackson. It, it is our home, isn't it? It is what it, it is. What it is. We've grown up with all the changes over the years. I mean, I, you'll remember what it was like the first time you went. Yeah. Pretty soon. In fact, first time I went, Shrodell's was still there, John. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That he's changed a lot over the years that I've been watching Watford, so I'm very happy with what it is today. Yeah, yeah. You, you ever worry about that, that the the next stage if, if, when, when our dreams come true and we go to the Premier League? Which, by the way, bad points from Elton there. Is he really a football fan? He called it the Premiership. Yeah, I know. He'd be cut off talk sport. He would be cut off talk sport. Um, what is it going to be enough in the long term? In the long term, I think changes will be made to it and can be made to it. I think if you look at the whole east side and the corners, I think there's a, a, a lot more they could do there to satisfy our fan base, I think. I reckon there's, there's space behind the east stand as it is today. Um, I'm sure we could go back and up. I'm not a structure engineer or an architect. Well, we went, like to that, the, went to the fans event uh, at the club last, uh, two or three months ago now. Um, the, uh, Glyn, who is the head of operations, sort of said it, it is almost like a big Meccano set. And actually it can be moved and made steeper and expanded a bit. But we sort of lack that, you know, the corporate boxes, which is where where the money really is in football, aren't we? Is that looking into a different sort of competitiveness? Um, I'm sure they could do things in the corners to, to cater for that sort of fan. I'm not... I still think where we are with our reputation as a club, we wouldn't be attracting huge numbers of corporates, yeah. more local companies, I think. 
Um, uh, certainly, I've got my tickets <laughs> in the past. Um, thank you to that company. Um, yes, I think it's still be local, just probably more local clubs than before. Um, and I think yes, maybe we could do a few more if we do make it be a Billy Big Time Club, but not a huge amount more. What was it hold 20, 20,000 now? Then? I think it's about that now. Um, I think we definitely need uh, more if we go into the Premier League in terms of corporate facilities not a lot more no and the, and the away end as well would probably limit certain clubs when, when West Ham came in that cup game they literally the whole one end didn't they and we'd probably get that if we play Manchester United in Watford they'd want to take up yeah, a that's end. probably that's probably the worst stand of the lot now um, it's quite narrow down the back there uh, and, and uh, perhaps it's a good thing perhaps uh, I know Brighton do all they can to make away fans feel comfortable Perhaps uh, that's making them feel uncomfortable is not such a bad thing. After. I don't know. I, I perhaps, perhaps it'll make them more vocal. Perhaps it's, it's good Maybe. We've been campaigning for many, 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 many years about that monstrosity that we, 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 we've been seeing. It's gone. And so that's another positive we can say. You can't say a bad thing about that new stand, can you, Mike? No, the view from it is absolutely great. The, the, um, the space that you get for your legroom is amazing. Um, Easy to get to, so it's off box, but yeah, I mean, absolutely no complaints. The ground now looks finished, the, there's the scope for doing stuff in the future. We're in a great place, we just need to sort out on the pitch now. Let's go and see how we can sort out on the pitch at Stanford Bridge. Uh, team news, Jason, what are we aware of? Uh, team news that we're aware of, Gomez is injured, <coughs> um, as is Ketchy. Uh, so Bond's in, uh, Toes is in for Abdi, and Dini is in for Gediara, who was on the bench for Palace this afternoon, I heard saw earlier. Well, let's see how those boys fare. So, Igarlo starting? So, yeah, Igarlo starting. Yeah. And I think he's earned his, uh, earned his place in the starting lineup as well. So, yeah, let's see how they fare uh, in the next 90 minutes. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Half time at Stamford Bridge. Watford, nil. Chelsea, nil. Arlo is well up for this. You can, you can see the lion, Stamford the lion. Let's, 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 let's have a look back. We are halfway through the season. We've played our first aggregate game, which means we beat Cardiff 4-3 on aggregate. Um, and we're starting to play these teams again. Mike, let's look back. Where we were in Boreham Wood when we watched Watford lose against Coventry. Yeah. And all yeah. those hopes and dreams. And we had a chat with Frank from the Watford Observer about what was going to be ahead in the Watford team. <coughs> Lots happened. Yeah, yeah. Are you I, saying a good or a bad first half of the season? Well, I'm how, how, how are you judging the first well, half? Well, I'm going to say that I feel now very similar to, a, to how I did at the start of the season. Um, a lot of questions still to be answered, but ultimately positive. I was very positive at the start of the season. I thought we had a squad that would that were challenge. And I think the most encouraging thing is that we haven't really ever hit our stride. We haven't. A good game has been followed by a bad game. A good run of form has been followed by a poor run of form. Yet still, here we are, fifth in the table, um, very much in touch at the top. Uh, automatic automatic promotion by no means out of the question. So it feels like the start of the season again. In a way, we've got we've done what we needed. About any team needs to do, which is get through Christmas in touch at the top. They're all thereabouts. I think yeah. we are. Thereabouts. But I think I think we I think we're more than that. I think we're better than they're thereabouts. So 
you mentioned the Cardiff game there. We we absolutely annihilated them. They were, I mean, they were a poor side. We, we played well against Reading in patches. Um, we just we, we're better than there or thereabouts. We're in with a big chance, but it, it is only that at the moment. It's just a chance. And um, but ultimately, I'm positive and excited and looking forward to the, the second half of the season. If, you, if I have to grade them, yes, I'm going to give them a. B minus. B minus. Well, that must have been the hardest ever bit of speaking you've ever on the podcast, Mike, because you have a two and a half year old uh, on your shoulders, pulling at your face. Very well done. <laughs> Jason, though, we, we, yeah, we've had half season, we've got half season to go. Can we do better the next time? Next time round? Can we? Um, yeah, I think we, we can do it because we, we, we know we've got the players there, we know what we're capable of. We think we, we can go to a, a, a club that's big in our division, like Fulham and, and Spank them. Um, so yeah, so we can do. It's whether the players can apply themselves to, to do that, to, to push on and, and, and make that step up from where we are now to the top two. And the division, though, is that crazy? Anyone can beat anyone. Can you see it changing dramatically, or is it those teams at the top at the moment going to be the same ones, and anyone going to drop off? You can look through? at it. You can look at it from a. You can get one of these Chelsea fans, get them to have a look at this. Uh, our championship table and say what's going to change there in the next half season I go well Bournemouth won't stay there Brentford won't stay there but look at the way Bournemouth are playing at the moment Brentford are struggling yes but they've shown who they can beat on their day Bournemouth are absolutely flying and even in the cup they're not letting up they've gone up to Rotherham another team in our division and spanked them 5-1 they are full of goals they play excellent football People keep saying, oh, Bournemouth will that eventually. You, you wonder if they will, because they look a quality side. Derby so will learn from their experience. They've already added a couple of players to their squad, I think, in the transfer window. I think they'll still be out there. Um, and I think it's that the teams there that are in that top six now have an opportunity to push on. I think it's going to be harder for teams outside that top six to get in. So we need to make sure we don't let other teams do that. OK, Jason, automatic or uh, playoffs? If I, oh, what do I want automatic what do I think, think? between the two playoffs okay. I think it's going to be hard to get into the top two the way, the way the t- you've got Ipswich Derby and Bournemouth all flying at the moment I think uh, all looking good all strong squads I, I think we'd struggle to, to get above two of those three crikey though Jason you say they've got strong squads so you have to look at our squads and also I think the thing that we might have in our, in our favour is We've got a lot of people who, um, a lot of the squads that were involved... Arlo is now licking Mike's head. <laughs> At least he's keeping me warm. Um, yeah, any, uh, any child protection agency people listening? <laughs> you, can't, you won't get me alive. Um, we've, got a great, we've got a very, very strong squad, and perhaps more, more importantly than that, we've got a squad, A, with experience of missing out on promotion who are, who yeah. are quite sort of toughened to, they had that horrendous experience against Leeds and then the, the, the amazing game against Leicester followed up by the ultimate disappointment of the playoff final followed by what was, what was a disappointing season the, the majority of that squad have, of our squad have, have experienced that and will be very very keen to make this year their last in the championship and I think that is worth a couple of points uh, you know I think talk about Ipswich they're on, they're on a great run can they keep it up? Don't know. You know, and we, uh, we, the, the thing that I loved about the Reading game was they had loads of chances to win it. They should have, we should have been out of sight. They should have been out of sight. We had one chance to score, and we buried it because we've got quality. 
And if we get an injury, we've got quality to come in. If we get a suspension, we've got quality to come in. I don't think this, I think I'm going to go for automatic. I think we can. I think we can go. I think we can do it. If we if we start January well. I think we'll get up to the momentum, and we have got one hell of a squad, who we, and I think there is desire to get out of this, out of this league, and I think that'll start to show. I'm going to go for uh, automatic, but it'll be a really tight and annoyingly uncomfortable you, you last game of the season. It's going to be Carlo. Are we going to? What are we going to go into the playoffs, or are we going to go up automatically? Automatically, well done. Disappointed. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the ultimate role reversal, John, and you were going to say we were going to get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> From the rookery end. It is a new year. We've had a whole year of what the football behind us. Maybe the first half of the year, the tail end of last season, wasn't as magical as we wanted to be. Hey, it's Watford football. All Watford football's magical, okay. one way or the other. Uh, <laughs> and it's a magical FA Cup today. Um, but we're going to now uh, give out the award, our first award of the year, as uh, a Ballon d'Or. Uh, for the best Watford player over the last 12 months, calendar months. Mike, who would you uh, stick into the, the mix for that? Onto the shortlist, well, I think you've got to look at Tozer. Uh, I think through, um, as you rightly said a uh, uh, little intro there, there have been ups and downs for this Watford team. But I think he, apart from a couple of notable exceptions, has been pretty much exemplary. He's dragged this, this Watford side through some tough times and has performed extraordinarily well during the better times. Um, he's kind of um, filled in for Alman Abdi a little bit, who's still yet to, yet to restore himself as that. We know how important he is, we know how great he is, but I still don't think we've got the old Alman back, in as much as we haven't had a, we haven't had a run of 10 or 15 games out of him yet. And I think that if it wasn't for Daniel Tozer, I think we would have struggled big time. Um, so he's definitely got to be got to be in there. Jason, who else would you add into the mix? Uh, well, as Mike has uh, already put Tozer in, who I would have probably gone for first up as well. I think uh, I think you got to add Troy in there. Yeah. Troy has been probably the most consistent, I think, of our of our players. He's, he, even when he's had a dry run in front of goal, he's put a shift in. Uh, which I think is probably different from the Troy we had from, from this time last year. He's certainly, certainly a lot more hard work from him now. I think and he's, yeah, and there's no denying his quality. We're all worried he might leave in the summer. Uh, and the only worry players go is because they're great players. Anyone else? Who else are we sticking well, there? I'm not going to be uh, in for this uh, award. But first half performances there. It was lovely seeing a good performance in goal for uh, Bond. Seeing a cracking save. Uh, uh, close range save and also uh, Hoban who after speaking to him on the last podcast saying he was going to go in there and fight for his place he started this game he started the last game and it's a wonderful thing that those young boys are, are still making their mark yeah absolutely it is great to see them out there and they certainly don't look out of place I'd love to see Hoban cut out the poor distribution though I think he he's, he's, he's capable of, of Poor, poor delivery in very, very dangerous places. We did see it early on here. But I'm not going to nitpick. He doesn't look out, out of place. He's, he's a decent player and one I want to hold on to. Um, but in terms of, of this Ballon d'Or shortlist, mm. I think it is a very shortlist. And I think that kind of sums up Watford's calendar month. I think really looking to add anyone apart from Toja and Dini onto, onto that list is... You're going to find it hard because they've either been in and out... In and out 
form-wise or in and out injury-wise. You look at Angela, who we know is, is a is well, a good Angela was the one I was going to have on my list of you know of being around. Um, he's shown the class at a defence, but you, could you put him in there? Because defensively, that's been one of our weaknesses. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he can. Well, you could put him on the shortlist, but he's not gonna, he's not going to win. Um, okay, well, who's going to win? There's three of us. If we can't agree. And Arlo took the cider. Okay, well, I'm well, going to say Tony. Totally. I think, yeah, we both agreed before we, we even started this conversation. I think that uh, uh, we're going to Tosha as our number one without talking to each other. So I think it's going to be Daniel Tosha. Daniel Tosha, the winner of the Fondant Bukurin Ballon d'Or. The first uh, Hungarian winner? Well, yeah, well, last year we did it the first time and it was a Scottish yeah. winner. If only it was around in Christian's time, eh? <laughs> South State of England's yeah. football, eh? Tosha would still have been the first Hungarian winner. <laughs> A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the referee end. Okay, we left Stanford Bridge. Final score: Watford nil, Chelsea three. Jordy uh, uh, is, is with me. Uh, Jason's here. Mike said, uh, "Take Arlo off uh, in a different direction." Fans still yawning. Uh, uh, you were in the top tier, Geordie. You were in the bottom tier. How did it look from the top tier? Uh, I thought the first half we did well. Um, we, we contained them. Uh, you know, I think it shows how far we've come that we've got players like Vidra and Ampty on the bench compared to where we were a few years ago, scrabbling around for players trying to step up administration. Um, but I think the fact they can bring off uh, Costa and William and not even have Fabregas in the squad shows how far, in theory, we've got to go if we want to compete at this level every week. So, you know, it's a 3 0 defeat, it never tastes nice, but, you know, in context, I think the players didn't um, embarrass themselves. I think there's lots of Premier League teams that will come here and get turned over and not put in as good a performance. Uh, and so, you know, the league is the priority for me. This is a nice day out. Hopefully, it's something we get to enjoy more next season. Well, it's that thing, Jason, you know, we, we were discussing a bit. What if we do go up? We'll say, when we do go up, we have to come here uh, in, in the league and we play other teams. What? What more do we have to be? Uh, we need to be stronger. I think if you if you look at the players that they've got, you look at someone like Drogba. Right? I mean, let's be honest, we're not in the Premier League. You don't have to play Chelsea every week. No, you don't. That's true. Right? But if but you we'd, at, we'd have to get results against some of these big teams to be a. Um, Established, yeah. So yeah, you need players that are skillful and quick and strong. Yeah, you look at someone like like Drogba. The ball comes somewhere near him. He manages to control it. He holds the defender off, and he can turn and he can be away. You know, all in, in one movement. That's why he's getting paid loads of money and playing at the level that he, he's at. Um, and yeah, so we, that's what we need to be. I think we need to be better passing the ball yeah. and I think that that's not just back of today that's, it's been like that I think in recent weeks we, 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 we had good opportunities I think in the uh, in the uh, in the first half we did a, a containing job in the second half we went at them a bit more but weren't so good with our decisions I think you know some of them should have played different passes different types of ball it's a learning process, isn't it? If we go to the Premier League, you don't want to make wholesale squad changes. So you want to see what you can do as much as you can with the players we've got, and we have got quality players there, but they need to be smarter in their thinking, quicker in their thinking, 
but where we do need to make or where we do bring players in they need to be stronger and quicker uh, and with more technical ability uh, yeah, they, they need to be better footballers well, you, you use that phrase to bring in and uh, we are at that point in the year where the transfer window has opened and uh, Julie things have already uh, kicked off uh, we've looked like we've signed a one Miguel Laun. Yeah. Did I say it? Yeah, Laun. Laun. Uh, Jordi, if you don't know, or you don't know, fluent uh, Spanish speaker. He's not really Jordi, he's Spanish. <laughs> he's Spanish, yeah. That's been an amazing couple of days for me on social media, seeing this man with one million Twitter followers. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's obviously popular out there, and I think he's almost like a local hero or a national hero. Um, in Mexico, and he's, you know, this is his chance to become, if you like, uh, first step to becoming a, a global hero or a global superstar. And if he's got a million followers, and, and I've, I've seen, I uh, did a, you know, the, one of the retro horns things for him, and uh, all, these, all these different fan clubs that um, not just follow him, but have like fan dedication pages on Instagram and, and Twitter. So he's obviously a popular, popular chap, and hopefully he can, you know, he can be a Watford hero soon. Is he this sort of player you wanted? Is, it, is he this next level of player? Well, I can't I confess to not being an avid watcher of the Mexican leagues, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't. So, you know. So, so, but, but the fact he's got a million followers, the uh, fact so that the fact he's we're raising our profile. We're not. We're not. We're not bringing in a rough diamond from League Two or League One, you know. And we've done very well with you know, like to Danny Graham and, and Troy Deeney, and we've done. You know, they've served us well. But you know, if we're bringing in players who are maybe a little bit further along in their development, uh, maybe it is an eye to having a squad place filled next season if we go up and saying, you know, that's, that's one player we've got who can play at that level, who's, who's used to playing in big grounds, who's used to the big attention. Uh, and, and yeah, you know, hopefully he can come in and he won't, he won't be a disappointment. He's obviously got a heck of a shot on him from what I've seen uh, on YouTube. But um, yeah, let's, let's just give him time to settle in. I think, you know, Paredes has come halfway around the world to a completely new culture. Um, probably without a huge support group of family and friends around him and had a couple of average performances and got some booze and stuff so I hope that you know people do remember these guys are, are human beings and they've cut, they are coming a long way to wear our colours so if he, if he doesn't you know play like Messi in his first game because the expectation has been built up with this uh, farewell in Mexico hopefully people give him a chance and you know hopefully he shows what we can do uh, Jason he's, he's a he's a full back slash winger slash singer scorer goals where, uh, what else do we need to bring into this oh, he's, squad? He's left side, I think. Am I right? Is he left or he's left? Side? I thought he's both, but he's more left, isn't he? He plays left back, left wing back, but he's yeah. got a heck of a shot with his right foot. In fact, yeah. he's bad foot. So I don't want to see him hit with his left foot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, we are, we have got uh, a gap on the left. I think is where he's been filling in when Fadil's not playing. Uh, but I still think we need one on the right as well. Okay. Um, uh, what else is shopping list? I, uh, uh, and then maybe if we can get Gediora back that would be nice um, if not then perhaps another another midfielder do you, do, you, do you have a problem not a problem do you have a thing where um, we, have, we should loan in or maybe not buy but loan in players that have that championship experience is that an important thing for this part of our and you're our next phase of development. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's just sensible. We, 
it depends what players are available at, at what point in time. There might not be players that we can sign on permanent deals that fit the mould of player that we need. And if someone like uh, Gedior is available on loan at that point in time and he is exactly the sort of player we, we need, then uh, we'd probably be fools not to, to look at that opportunity. We're going to see what happens in the window. Hopefully, like last year, you know, Potsdam will do their business quite quickly, which they, they sort of seemed to do last year with Merkel and Renegi. Unfortunately, uh, and Toja, hopefully we won't do a last-minute, 11 o'clock, park too young. And we'll see what Watford look like in, in a month's time when we're back with the next Fondervipen podcast. We've had our altitude training today. Gone up there, played with the big boys, and we go down, we'll be fighting fit, know what we need to do. And we another successful month of Watford in the Championship. And we'll, hey, maybe back in those automatic places, maybe. Sorry. Maybe. Oh, look at that, Cathcart Road. Just past the, it's a sign. What's the sign mean, Jason? I don't know, it's a road sign. Redcliffe. <laughs> What's Redcliffe mean? Redcliffe, is there a player oh, called Redcliffe? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so before we go, we'll be back in a month's time. Good news.